right, good evening, everybody. My name is Helen Dewey. I'm a volunteer with um, Medfield Environment Action, and I'm also a friend of the Medfield Energy Committee and on the TomCap Committee, which is the Town of Medfield Climate Action Plan. So um, we are hosting this webinar this evening. This is actually our second webinar entitled uh, Medfield Decarbonizers. And we have um, kind of selected some of our fellow residents who have um, installed solar panels, have installed heat pumps or drive or lease electric cars so that they can tell you all about their experiences. And hopefully if you're interested in doing something like that, in the near or recent future, then you'll you'll get some information. So um, MEA, for those of you who don't know, is a grassroots organization of volunteers here in Medfield. We are um, basically we want to be educating people about um, the climate emergency. And um, we've organized these webinars over the past two years. Our last Medfield Decarbonizer webinar was in 2020. And um, you can check out our website at meamedfield.org where all of our previous webinars are recorded. In addition, this evening's webinar will be recorded and will be available on the website as well. Um, and um, also if you wanna sign up for our newsletter, which is short and sweet, comes out monthly. Um, and you can uh, certainly sign up for that on the website as well. So tonight we're gonna get started and uh, Fred Davis is going to be hosting, who is the chair of the Medical Energy Committee. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. So I've, I've was the chair for three years and I've recently stepped down, but I'm happy to be doing this program. It's one of my, my most favoritist pro programs that we do. Um, thanks everybody for being here. And, uh, I'm going to test audience participation right now to see if you can, uh, push some button that shows response or raise hand or whatever to show appreciation for Helen. Put this all together. So I'm going to just do this. If anybody knows how to do that or, or push buttons, uh, that'd be great. And, uh, attendees too. Do you have options, attendees? Um, raise hands and things like that. Okay. I see Helen Beatty raised a hand. Okay. Hopefully that's to applaud. Okay. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Penny, for, for applauding. All right, so Helen, thank you for all this amazing work to get us here. I really appreciate it. Everyone really appreciates it. We have over, over 20 people participating at this point, and I encourage everyone and anyone to type key in any questions that you have or that occurred to you during the program, and you can do that now. You can do it while the speakers are speaking, afterwards, whatever you want. We have experts standing by, so members of the Energy Committee are here to help with, with answers. Um, it's an amazing it's amazing timing to do this program today. Why? It's an apex day for climate concern here and all around the world. Uh, it's probably I haven't checked the thermometer in the last 10 minutes, but it's probably still over 90 degrees at 730 in Medfield. Uh, and worldwide, there's a usually we have parts of the world that are parched today. Uh, at this point, we have a worldwide searing heat wave on at least three continents. Probably everyone here knows someone who's been experiencing over 100 degrees. It's a reminder of the dismal truth, the dismal truth that we cause globe, this global warming. But we're here, we're gathering together 20 people here tonight because of responsibility to re rapidly decarbonize. 
Uh, tonight, we will not be able to cover everything that needs to be shared about climate or decarbonization. For instance, we're not going to be able to cover everything that's happening at the state level. There's a crisis to pass climate legislation in this session. The stretch energy code has just come out. Um, we haven't uh, we, time to deal with the federal level, what the president said today here in Somerset, Massachusetts, or our, at our utility, although we might have some comments there in the uh, Q&A about the need to shave peak. But we are here tonight talking about decarbonization at the household level, yours, mine, and everyone here in Medfield, where it especially needs to happen. Decarbonization has to happen at the household level, and more and more Medfielders are decarbonizing, as we will hear tonight. Our three-star decarbonizers will be sharing their unique stories about drastically reducing their carbon footprint. And everyone should realize by now there are three principal measures that in our local environment are the major steps we can take to combat climate change. There are plenty of others, but these are the big ones. And without them, climate goals cannot be reached. And those three are EVHPPV. EVHPPV. EV means purchasing an electric vehicle when it's time to buy the next car. HP, installing heat pump heating before the furnace or boiler or AC needs major work. And PV, installing photovoltaics on the roof as soon as possible. Mark, Heidi, and Yuri will be presenting tonight about their stories. They are not experts, but they're medfielders just like anyone else. They each have their stories about the motivations, the successes, and the issues that they faced along the way. And as I said before, please, folks, key in your questions as they occur to you. And MEC folks, MEA folks are welcome to, I, I encourage you to please key in answers as quickly as you can. And after the presentations, we'll go back and see what gaps we might still have in the Q&A. This is a homemade program. It's all about our homes. So keep that in mind. Nobody here is a professional um, and uh, nobody's expected to be. Uh, we'll also have a few minutes at, after the Q&A to ask whether everyone is on sustainable Medfield and we'll talk about lawn signs, yard signs, and we'll talk about Solarize Plus. Again, I thank everybody for uh, putting all the effort in tonight and uh, one more time, a caveat, we're not doing training or tutorial. There's plenty of opportunities to get expert information out there. This is about our neighbors sharing, medfielders decarbonizing. Thank you, everybody, for your patience. And Heidi is going to be our first speaker. All right. And Hi, take it away, Heidi. Heidi. I will put on your slides after your, your talk. Okay. Hi. Um, so my name's Heidi Johnson. Um, thanks for coming out tonight to listen to us. I hope that we can inspire some of you to make the changes that we've made um, to help our planet. So uh, my husband and I actually just before we got married bought our house here 30 years ago. And actually uh, life changed drastically for us when our youngest was born with a spinal muscular atrophy and a neuromuscular disease that needed um, wheelchair uh, for mobility and our little six room farmhouse wasn't going to suit him with 13 stairs and uh, nowhere to, to um, get in on his own, etc. So we were lucky recipients in our town um, of Extreme Makeover Home Edition, pairing up with our community and building us an accessible home for William. Um, what was a little shocking about it, being fans of the show, uh, we knew that meant that they could likely tear down our house and rebuild it for William's needs, which they did. It's amazing and a godsend. But what it did do was triple 
even sometimes more than that, the expenses to run the house because the house size tripled. So we were faced with not lighting six rooms with little desk lamps and floor lamps, but instead uh, paying for 99 recessed lights and we had to count them for insurance. Uh, and uh, you know, just all the, the novelty of central air conditioning in 3,300 square feet, all these expenses that were sort of um, ballooning for, for our family. Uh, we talked endlessly about the show always seeming to, to build green. And I would say at the time, they didn't really do that for our build because they were focused on what their, uh, the first thing they ever had done, which was a full basement for us because most of their builds had been in climates like California we're building on slabs, not a problem, but here in um, New England, you certainly do want a full basement to deal with freeze and all that. So we were very fortunate that that's what they focused on. We got a full basement um, and uh, we feel fortunate for that, but they didn't focus on running the house in a, in a greener way uh, or dealing with those larger expenses. So we talked endlessly about, oh, we have a perfect roof on our new garage facing south. We really, we were surprised they didn't put solar panels. Why don't we do it? But with three young kids and medical expenses for our youngest, William, and just you know, life in general, uh, we didn't take the time or set aside and prioritize the budget to uh, install solar panels. We just talked about it a lot. Uh, our next door neighbor, who was a very uh, um, green conscious individual, um, approached us a couple of years later and said, do you mind if I cut down some trees between our property? I'm going to be investigating, you know, and getting solar panels. And we were like, oh, we've always talked about that and never done it. And so she started the process and we kind of watched her. She cut down some trees. It seemed like it was moving along. And then suddenly she stopped and she told us that her, um, whole plan had kind of failed because she was re-advised that it made no sense for her on her current rooftop to install panels that wouldn't be all that efficient and wouldn't pay back for her for some long period of time because they just didn't have the effectiveness with their angle to the sun. Um, so that was kind of our first glimpse at it, but we knew our angle was a much better angle. We still just kind of sat on it until about six years ago when my husband was approached at a warehouse club by a solar company and they just, you know, said, Hey, we'd love to sit down with your family. Have you ever thought about solar? And he's like, we've talked about it a ton and he bit and he said, sure, come meet us. So this nice gentleman came to our home. We started talking about the options. He immediately wanted us to lease panels. Uh, and we were sort of like, hmm, what are the benefits for that? And he said, oh, well, your very sizable electric bill, which was running just shy of $400 on average monthly, um, would be, you know, drastically reduced. And so we started talking about, well, wait a minute. So the savings and the tax benefits and all that are, in fact, your companies, not ours to benefit from. Um, and then we just run this. And what happens if we sell our home and all that? So we sort of ask, you know, we're more interested in learning about what it means to buy our own panels and put them on our house and have them be ours. So he gave us a presentation on that. And, you know, we sort of think, thinking about it that night, we were like, okay, this is something we need to do. Uh, and oddly enough, the next morning, driving the kids to school, a friend of ours had a sign in her yard that was solarized Medfield. And there was going to be a forum within a day or two where they were going to talk about what that meant. And we were like, well, what is the timing of that? That's amazing. So we went to this forum at Blake Middle School and, and heard what they had to do, what they had to say. And it was essentially that the town had already vetted a company uh, to use and that if more and more 
of our neighbors bit and got solar panels, we'd all reduce the cost for all of us, um, the more and more people that did it. So we spoke to that company that, that Medfield had um, sought out. And in fact, their pricing was much better than the warehouse club company that had approached us. And so we, we got jumped on the Solarized Medfield group and um, put 45 panels on top of our house to run our house. So it runs electricity, uh, our, our electric dryer, our electric oven, we have a dual fuel oven. So the oven itself is electric gas top um, uh, for, the, for the top. And then we have uh, gas heat still. And um, we have an elevator that we run for our son. Like there's a lot, of, he, we charge his wheelchair, his breathing equipment, his oxygen equipment. You know, we have lots of electrical needs. So uh, we were feeling really good about it. So 45 panels went in because we took a home equity loan. And I will say right now, I feel like home equity, your home is valued higher than it probably has been in a long time here in our, in our town. So it might be a nice time to consider um, taking out an equity loan to do this. Um, when we met with the individuals from Solarized Medfield, it was um, Clean Energy of New England uh, or New England Clean Energy, they, basically did uh, an assessment of our rooftop and how effective the angles were and with 45 panels, how much that would generate and would that cover all of our usage needs. And they determined that 45 panels was the right amount um, and that basically it would pay itself off with tax rebates and something called SREX at the time um, where the state is paying us to do renewable energy for them um, and all of the benefits basically meant in four and a half years, we would basically be making money every month because we lost our electric bill immediately. It disappeared the minute the, the panels went up, haven't had an electric bill since. And um, so now we're five and a half years in, we paid off the equity loan with the money coming in from tax, um, tax uh, deductions, as well as the SREX that came in quarterly. So in four and a half years, it paid for itself. So if you're gonna be in your home for that kind of time, again, ours, we had a really nice angle on our roof, we had 98% efficiency in its location to the sun. Um, it's gonna be different for everyone, but technology has changed as well. And perhaps they can prop things up or re-angle um, panels on roofs to, to help efficiency. So. Uh, we were really thrilled that the efficiency um, continued. And actually, as the years have gone by, our kids have left, right? Because we're now empty nesters or, well, we just got one back from graduating college. But as the kids were disappearing and our usages were less, uh, we noticed that we were getting credits into our um, electrical account uh, with Eversource. And those credits were just piling up. And so it, it immediately told us, okay, the next step would be to make sure our next car that we purchase is an electric vehicle. So we can use those credits that we've already, you know, basically gotten from the sun that are just piled up waiting to be used um, to power the car. And then as these 17 year old um, systems all start failing on us, Two weeks ago, our water heater failed. It was a gas-fired one, and now we have a heat pump variety that will be basically powered by the sun. Um, and uh, as of Monday, our AC died. That has been electrical, but we'll look into a heat pump and how we might be able to also incorporate heat um, in the in the concept. So we'll be listening hard to Mark's stuff, uh, just as potential um, uh, buyers ourselves. 
Um, but it's really exciting to think of all of the things that we've been powered just by the sun. So I, I love driving around an EV for that. I love having our house, um, you know, run by, by the power of the sun and not paying that bill every month. So these are our 45 panels on the screen. Uh, again, our rooftop and our garage where we have um, 24 of them is an incredible angle to the sun and south facing with no obstructions. So they get the highest amount of um, charge each day, um, but the high rooftops do well too. Uh, I would say when snow comes, that's our biggest bummer because it can be a really sunny winter day, but if, it's, if you've had snow and they're piled up, you need a strategy to get that snow off of them so that they can be efficient. And often it slides down, um, but that's one thing you have to think about. Um, so this is just a demonstration of the um, information that we receive every day of what the power is coming from each of the panels on our roof. And, and when it's a little brighter, you can see that it's collecting more uh, wattage. And they also give you um, charts to show you how you've done month over month, year over year. And it's just fun to track. I remember I was obsessed with watching how much we were getting from the sun every day at, at the start. And now I check probably once a month uh, and just see year to year. Uh, you know, month to month, how, how it's, how it's done and what, you know, who's winning, who, who had the best month, what year. Um, so it's just fun to, to, to watch the sun power, all of these things that used to be large expenses for us and know that we're making a difference as well um, with our footprint. So Heidi, do I remember one number? Um, can you just remind us what 400 was? Uh, our electric bill. Yeah. A month. Is that what you're talking about? That, that's what it isn't now. Oh yeah, it's zero now. I mean, we actually still have oh, $700 in credits. It, I think the highest it ever got was just shy of 1300 in credits because we just weren't using what the sun was producing for us. And we, we were told by people that we could, actually someone said that you can gift your credits. Um, you were not gonna get, the electric company wasn't gonna pay us money for those credits, but we could gift it to someone like a neighbor, a family member. Someone even said you could gift it to your church if you had extra credits. Um, we just kind of hung on to them, knowing that we were thinking about things like heat pumps in the future, electric cars in the future. And so it's been really fun to, again, you know, power our car fully Brilliant. by the sun. And, um, I, and I look forward to hearing back as you uh, start pulling down that mound of credits as yes. you electrify other things. It's, it'll be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and we keep making great, you know, sunny days like this. They're hot out there. And, um, uh, you know, but every day it's sunny, I'm thrilled. So. And I think so, with climate change, we're going to see a lot more of Mr. Sun, and uh, this is going to be a more and more powerful tool for us for energy. Thank you so much, Heidi. That was fantastic. And I will let you know and let everyone know that a whole bunch of questions have been coming in and getting answered. Okay. Uh, as you spoke, uh, people have been putting questions in and, and getting them answered. So thank you so much, everyone, for doing that. I just have one question. Hilly, I don't know if you can adjust anything, but when I look, I see a question that says the question has been answered, <laughs> but um, I don't see the questions. So Mick, do you have any answer for that, Hilly, quickly? I I think all the questions that I marked that an, as answered are answered. Under Understood, I'm just saying for other people's benefits, they may not be able to see the question. Oh, uh, I I don't know how to do that. 
I can see I can see that they asked about snow removal and it was it wasn't that difficult we actually used um, we sprayed water up on the roof that was really the most trapped in snow because uh, the angles a little less of a slope um, so we um, sprayed water up there to get the snow down and it worked once the sun was beaming and all that and you're talking about regular regular snowfall or a particular snow dam uh, no, just regular snowfall because they'll get covered as we get snow your rooftops covers ie your solar panels are covered and they do heat up faster than the average roof because of the reflective nature of them. And so again, the snow does kind of come right down off of them pretty quickly, usually after you've shoveled the walk, um, but the uh, but the solar panels in our um, deep in our. Um, uh, breezeway area have a different slope and just it's just a little they're not as significantly facing the snow the sun so we found that we did have to get up there and remove snow if we wanted those to to be useful during some of the snowy or winter months so so is it generally di uh um discouraged to go messing around on with the roof with any apparatus or 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 water it's yeah, generally so discouraged i'm glad it worked for you and if we had an hour, we would get into all of that back and forth. But I, um, I just wanted to throw that in as yeah, we general. would never scrape or use the the snow rake or anything of that nature. But someone told us that you could just kind of scrape water on a high charge, and it came right down, and it didn't seem to be much of a problem. So Heidi, thank you so much. We're going to yeah. move on to our next decarbonizer. Keep the program moving. So Yuri will be speaking next on EVs, electric vehicles. Thank you, Yuri, and I'll bring up your slides at the end. Uh, of your your uh, portion. So hello, folks. Um, so I've been a Metfield resident since 2017. We moved here from Boston for schools and suburban quietness. Um, and immediately after we bought, and we actually we we were renters, and we bought our home here, and we um, the very next year we installed solar panels. My roof is much smaller because I own a duplex so I only have 18 panels, uh, but they provide for my house. Uh, they pretty much cover 95% of, uh, of my electrical bill. So after installing uh, solar panels, um, I started researching uh, electric vehicles. And when I was talking to the company, I kind of future-proofed my solar installation because I ordered uh, inverter with built-in charger so when I'm charging at daytime, I am basically bypassing the grid and I'm charging right from the sun, my uh, electric car. But before I got into electric car in 2015, I had a Toyota Camry. Um, and, and I think in 15, 16, we had like a huge spike in the gas prices and um, I traded it for Toyota Prius, just a regular Prius which I was very happy um, with. And we moved with that car uh, to Metfield and continued driving it. And as I said, I started researching electric vehicles. And at that time, the only really widely available were two, um, actually three, it was Chevy Bolt, was Nissan Leaf, and it was a Tesla Model S and the Model 3 was introduced and had a huge backlog of orders, pretty much no tax credits and out of budget. So Nissan Leaf was for me, no go. Um, it's a smaller hatchback with rather limited electric range. And back in 2017, 18, 
um, range anxiety was uh, a thing. Um, and there was not uh, this uh, abundance of, of fast chargers uh, pretty much on all major highways as we see uh, now. So I was kind of still doing my research, driving the Prius, purchased another Prius and was a happy two Prius family. Um, but the itch was there and I was like looking at electric cars all the time, you know, driving by Tesla showroom, but I, I couldn't still like, like step over myself and get into the electric vehicles game while some manufacturers have a tax credit of $7,500 and Tesla does not. He's like, oh, okay, I'll wait a little more. And then Volkswagen uh, came about with their Volkswagen ID4, which uh, is uh, an SUV of a size Audi Q3 Honda CRV Toyota RAV4. You know, mid-size SUV for a regular family, up to two kids. And I started looking at this vehicle, researching, signed up myself for the Facebook group of early adopters. People were talking, rumors, sharing videos, presentations, you know, pros and cons. Got myself into this game, developed a desire for the vehicle. And uh, finally, I pulled the trigger and I put in my deposit of $100, I think, uh, late November of 2020. Um, and the way they, the way the Volkswagen structured the, the order was you, you, you put a $100 deposit, then a couple months later, they lock you into the production and you give them a little more money and then you wait for your vehicle to be built and shipped from Europe into the United States. So when that moment came around uh, probably February, they took another $400 and I developed like uh, an, an itch. I just needed that car right now. And there were some uh, reports of people really getting those first edition ID4s that had like special equipment and special price fully loaded with some distinctive um, features. And I like, okay, I gotta get the car. So I started calling dealerships going places and as you know some dealerships coming down we have the vehicle on the lot you come and the different person tells you it's on the boat so i kind of got discouraged by that for a little bit and then i found the vehicle at a small dealer at, at in fall river and as we know it was march uh end of march of 2021 no one really kind of was thinking about future shortage of new cars and no one really got into a game of um, uh, overcharging people on new cars. And I was able to secure my vehicle um, $1,500 under MSRP, which was a big deal. Uh, and since that time, I am driving this car. Um, I work from home and my wife works from home. We got rid of our second vehicle and we just like a one electric vehicle family and my other older Prius is driven by my oldest son. And we're very happy with the car. Everyone wants to drive it. My oldest son goes like, can I take your ID phone? I was like, no, I'm gonna drive it. So uh, I'm the early adopter that bought the Volkswagen ID4 in its first year. And a lot of folks 
say don't buy the vehicle in the first model year and this and that and whatnot. I gambled and I bought the car and I am very, very happy first EV owner. Uh, 26,000 miles later, I had no issues. But if you look online, people sharing issues, but people more talk about negative things than the, about the positive things. Um, I've had a few, uh, this is me participating in the uh, Madfield Car Show uh, this past, what, June? Uh, there was a, a lot of interest, but we had a Mustang Mikey that basically was like a magnet. Uh, everyone was near that vehicle. Um, we love this vehicle. It provides us with ample range. We never had any issues with it except for one time when we um, went skiing in New Hampshire and there was a very, very cold night. I think it was like five Fahrenheit or something. Um, and I was looking for a charger and I had to drive um, to fast charger to Lemadon which was a big mistake. Um, and I had to disable the heat to make it to the charger. And I actually was driving the last four miles at 0% on the battery and at zero driving range. I was lucky because it was mostly downhill. And I had just like every window frozen in my car from me breathing out. And I had just like cleaned of like a, a narrow strip in the windshield. Um, so I could see where I'm going. That one time here, if, if I may interrupt, I just want yes. to check what, what's the moral of that story. I, I I'm okay. trying to think it's, it's either don't go skiing in the winter or <laughs> always go downhill. One the, one well, skiing is going downhill, but the moral <laughs> of the story, uh, be better prepared. Um, so this is me and the Dorchester Electrify America, a fast charger. So my vehicle charges um, from 10 to 80% in about 35, 35 minutes. 80% gives me, if you go from 80 to 10%, which they, you know, manufacturer suggests you do not really go lower than that often, but you can. Um, so this is more like speaking of road trips. You should charge your vehicle on the fast chargers up to 80% because if you go 80 to 100, it goes really slow. But the chargers are usually located so you can uh, safely get to another charger with enough charge. Um, for like, for example. So Boston, I'm sorry, you're, you're before you go to. Yes. Before you go too much further, be between 10 and 80% is how many miles for you? About? Uh, between 10 and 80%, it's like highway, uh, like normal load. It's like about 200 miles easy. 200 miles for 45 minutes. 35. 35. Got yeah. it. So cool. it's it usually, I mean, I have kids, I make stops. So for me, it's a no brainer. You stop at the gas, you know, at, like, at the charging station. I still have the phantom memories of stopping at the gas station. Um, and you basically, you go inside, you do, you know, you buy your brakes, you buy a snack or you uh, quick bite and you come back and your vehicle is ready to go. Um, so Volkswagen ID full fun facts. There's not enough of them available for people. There are about 80,000 orders in the United States alone. 
and because of uh, the ongoing war in Ukraine, there like there's some limitation on on supplies um, and the benefits. No tailpipe emissions, no more visit to a gas station. I actually unlearned how to use it. Um, it's very like it's fun to drive, despite the fact that I have just a rear wheel drive. It only has a nominal 200 horsepower, but the acceleration is linear. So you experience it like from the moment you stop on the uh, accelerator pedal. Fantastic, fantastic. So I, I, I am riveted by your, your narrative and uh, perhaps other people are also because I'm not seeing other questions. One, sec, qu one more thing I would like to mention uh, that in Matfield a couple of months ago behind the Bank of America, Electrify America, which is subsidiary of Volkswagen and not really, but Volkswagen was punished by federal government for a diesel gate and they were ordered to invest a lot of money in, in the uh, charging station. So they uh, they basically established the Electrify America and they built a station in Metfield recently. And Electrify America runs 100% on renewable energy. So if you have EV car, you go there, you charge, you charge it on, uh, you charge it on renewables. Cool. I would love to see if somebody wanted to put that in as a question. Um, that Penny could answer, or anybody can. How does that happen? <laughs> in other words, how, how does Electrify America get 100% uh, renewable? Probably buying credits. Yes, I can imagine too. Okay, so that was fantastic. And I, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm rushing anyone, but I know we have a, a full agenda. And, and uh, again, we'll have time for Q&A uh, if, there, if there are any more afterwards. But thank you very much, Yuri. And we're going to go next to Mark. He's going to talk to us about heat pump heating. Thank you, Mark, for being here. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I apologize if my voice is a little crackly. I'm uh, uh, getting over my first wave of COVID, uh, which so I'm I'm broadcasting from my quarantine with my uh, my dog right now. Um, so I am uh, a Medfield resident. I've been here, I think about four years and uh, we moved from Wayland. Uh, Wayland had a, a great uh, housing boom and we took advantage of that and uh, got out of Wayland and headed to, um, you know, a little more rustic area um, called Medfield. Um, one of the things that we overlooked, I think when we were house shopping was that our uh, our old house had central AC and the new house didn't. So we discovered pretty quickly uh, that, um, boy, it gets hot. <laughs> and so um, looking around at the cost of, of getting central AC, it just, you know, we kicked the can down the, uh, down the road. Uh, so for the first three years that we, we were here, we had, I wanna say six, uh, window units. And, and so I still have them in my basement. I got to figure out how to recycle those. But, um, you know, every year I would dread putting them in and every year I dread taking them out. And, and, you know, inevitably I'd look at the electric bill and it would, you know, double <laughs> uh, from winter to, to summer. Uh, but it was kind of the cost of, of doing business. So, um, 
last year we decided, okay, maybe we need to look at this again and, and see what the costs are. And, and of course the costs had come up, um, but because um, the massive program was, was kind of uh, changing a little bit, there were, there were some advantage of, uh, you know, to, to look at it again. And so uh, I didn't know anything about this. I basically went and self-educated uh, on, on how to do this. Luckily, my old neighbor uh, from Wayland was an energy consultant uh, who had moved away and I was able to call him and ask him all sorts of crazy questions. But it all began with um, getting mass saves in here because we wanted, ultimately, we knew we were gonna spend tens of thousands of dollars, but we also knew that on the backside, there was you know potentially ten ten thousand dollars there if we if we played uh, by their rules. Uh, so we had the mass saves uh, guys come through during COVID, which was interesting. Uh, very, uh, I think it was a very abbreviated, but they identified a bunch of things that we needed to do. Uh, we needed additional um, insulation in the attic. We needed. Um, some insulation in the basement. Uh, we had to have our uh, our vents kind of readjusted and, and redone. Um, and I said, okay, great. And they gave me the paperwork and you know they explained everything to me and it went right over my head. Uh, so then I actually started calling HVAC consultants and, and we got a lot of different quotes in. I, had, uh, I went with some small companies, some medium-sized companies, some large companies. Uh, you know, people that I saw in the neighborhood, you know, who had trucks, you know, in their driveway, you know, we all had, you know, so they all kind of came in and said more or less the same thing. So they gave us a bunch of different options, but they all said, go with a heat pump. Uh, and the advantage of the heat pump is that it's both heating and cooling and, you know, hey, you won't need to use your furnace anymore. And I said, okay, that's, that's fine. I, I don't like paying uh, the oil bill. So great. Let's 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 talk about this. Um, the the decision points really came down to kind of what technology we wanted and and what how we wanted it kind of integrated with the house. Uh, we had a bunch of people come in and say, "Hey, let's put an air handler in your uh, in your attic with vents down to each room uh, on the second floor, and then splits on the first floor." Uh, or uh, another option was to go and run vents through the basement up up to each room on the first floor. Um, so that was the most expensive uh, option because it involves creating ductwork and uh, you know having air handlers and all sorts of stuff like that. We also had some uh, quotes that were just splits, and the splits are things that kind of hang on your wall, they're, they're pretty popular. Um, you know, for the bedrooms, we were like, uh, you know, the, we didn't want necessarily to be staring at that, you know, while you're laying in bed. So that wasn't necessarily a great option, but downstairs on our first floor, it was. We, 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 what we did is we put uh, a split on each side of the house and it creates a circular kind of airflow um, which is actually really nice. I just set it and uh, it cools the house, it heats the house, whatever I want it to do in a, a very even format. So that's very nice. But for the second floor, we ended up going with ceiling cassettes. 
And and the the hard part about this was that it's not necessarily something that the um, the HVAC people typically use a lot. Um, so there was there was a little bit of of risk. And some of the guys you could tell were really pitching to go with either an air handler or the split on the wall and kind of dissuading us from from the ceiling. But I'm going to I'm going to start uh, show the pictures so people know what you're yeah, referring. Yeah. yeah. So um the funny Whoops. thing was the um so the 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 ceiling cassettes come down from from on top. They are um the guts of them are up in your attic and so what you see is um you know a plastic panel with a bunch of little blinky lights uh and some vents and and the good thing about that is that it's not on the wall um but the bad part of it and this is what what the uh hvac guys were uh trying to dissuade us from is that those actually have uh, so that's a, that one right there is a, a ceiling cassette in my office. And so what that is, is all the guts are up in the uh, attic. It connects out to the heat pump that, which is downstairs uh, on the side of the house. Yep. And so to run our, we have a six zone system now. We have two units on the first floor and four units on the second floor. What we do is um, we've got two. Uh, two heat pumps. And, and so uh, each heat pump on that pump has to be doing the same thing. That's That was one of the aha moments. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's basically I can turn off when uh, I work at home. So I can turn off the first floor uh, or individual bedrooms when everyone leaves for work and I can I can run a single uh, ceiling cassette in my office and keep me warm or cold uh and then you know i have it set that it comes on you know right before everyone comes home and and heats up the or cools the whole area um you know i i put this this one in because i thought it was interesting so if you look at june of last year which is the first first uh column on the on the far left uh that was with um running all my ac units individually uh, and then, you know, this year it went up a little bit. The green line is slightly up, but it's 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 marginal uh, differences. And that's probably because I didn't do uh, enough to to manage it. But but my point is, um, you know, the whole reason that I did this wasn't was really around while I, I have a green heart. It was really around convenience. And that's that's why I went into this. Uh, now that I have it, I, I like to stare at this data and try to figure out how to adjust my profile and everything else uh, to be different. Um, but you know, the point is, um, you know, I, I, the main the main savings in all of this, because you know, at the end of the day, what I was trying to do was save a few bucks. Was I have not bought a tank of oil since February. Um, we had our our system installed in the first week of March. Uh, we still have our, our our oil furnace here and our hot water is still actually produced by that furnace. Uh, so here it is, July, almost August. Uh, I checked before uh, yesterday 
to see what the tank was at, the tank is only used a quarter, quarter of the, uh, the furnace is only used a quarter of the tank to create hot water since February 1st. So Mark this I missed all that oil hike uh that's going on right now i missed all of it i bought i bought when i bought my tank it was still you know 389 or so uh and so that spike up to six or seven dollars a gallon i completely missed you made a brilliant move on oil futures <laughs> yes um, so you know so i think the, i'm going to ask you if, if yeah. you don't mind um i think you said that uh you learned something from attending a previous Medfield program about heat pumps. Yeah, and and so I didn't know anything about it. it people just kind of kept on saying, "Oh, you got to get a heat pump," and 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 I I watched a couple of things, and it looked like black magic um, that it was mysteriously sucking things out of air and creating heat out of negative uh, degree temperatures. Um, so once I had the system installed, I didn't really fully understand how to use it quite quite right. And so I actually found Fred, uh, Fred was doing a, uh, a session on heat pumps uh, with, with a bunch of other, other um, notorieties from around the state. And, and I, I joined just to understand kind of what's best practice, right? And, and, and I think it's probably individualized for, for each, uh, each house and each situation, you know, living situation. Um, but I found that the, the, there's a lot of information out there. It's just, it's a little difficult to find. Um, so, so these groups and these, you know, use, you know, kind of what Yuri said, you know, the user groups really serve as a, a, uh, you know, a tipping point for, for, well, at least for me and, and making these decisions, you know, when this is all said and done, I'm hoping that I'm still waiting for my check, but I'm I'm hoping that my math saves uh, check is going to be around ten thousand dollars. So uh, it is well well worth going through the program. All right. And if anybody has any question as to whether they heard that number correctly, ten thousand dollars for math save, they can type it into the Q and A. They did hear it correct. It is ten thousand dollars if you go whole house uh, heat pump at this point. Fantastic. Okay, Mark, thank you so much. I think you addressed a lot of things that people were asking about earlier, and maybe people still have questions. Everyone, anyone uh, with uh, who thinks they might have a good answer is welcome to try to answer any of the questions that come up. And I'll say again, for those that came in uh, later, um, please, any questions at all about any of the three topics uh, or anything else that's on your mind about climate, uh, please feel free to type it into the Q&A, and I will ask Hilly in um, just a second to uh, assess whether we've got some uh, questions that are still hanging at this point and we can uh, cycle back to those. Um, so I just want to say that it was Jim Nail who is our principal heat pump uh, dis, uh, presenter. He's a, he is a medfielder and he is well known on the state level. Uh, that's yep. who did that program. But I did want to just chime in here that one of the things that we could use here in Medfield is called a heat pump coach, which would be a uh, a very generous volunteer, and this is happening in many towns, but Medfield doesn't yet have one, but somebody who, who doesn't have to have a deep HVAC uh, engineering uh, uh, degree, but could, uh, but knows enough, knows enough or is interested enough to be savvy enough to talk with homeowners uh, so that 
people's hands are held uh, because mark you're pointing out a, a significant gap in the marketplace at this point electric vehicles not so much photovoltaics not so much heat pumps definitely there's a gap in the marketplace so a good way not the only way but a really good way to bridge that gap is with a heat pump coach if anybody wants to consider being a heat pump coach for medfield let us know that would be myself or hilly or helen okay so hilly have you got a chance to assess where we are with q a yeah so um we have uh, 11 questions answered and i right now i'm trying to answer the remaining three um and i i apologize that you know if if i answer type in the answer and they go to answered apparently people can't see them is that true um i should so ask that, that's the case for me except uh now now i'm seeing different huh weird the first few says answered live and i don't see the question but then the remainder are looking good so people can oh, yeah. go in there and read the questions and answers great okay great. um yeah and i actually you know um Harshal, i i um i'm sorry i i accidentally instead of typing an answer i i press the answer live button. So I will actually answer this here. Your question is, you have, like many of us, you have um, a, a forced hot water baseboard heat uh, heating. I presume that is oil. And um, then you also have central AC that's aging. And you're asking if you if you installed a heat pump, how that would work. So you would you would put the heat pump instead of your AC compressor and uh, that system would use exi existing ductwork most likely and then you can use that dot ductwork to heat or cool your your house and if you still have uh, if you if you're worried about you know not heat not being able to heat your house in the depth of very cold very very cold days in the winter you are allowed to um, keep under the current mass save program you're allowed to keep your existing heating system the baseboard hot water heat um, to back up that system under uh, on the coldest days um, and uh, i hope that helps you and you you are in, in exactly the same boat of, as a lot of people in midfield me included so um, i have a heat pump and i have baseboard heat still yeah, and uh, let me just tag in on that one. So that was one the the cold piece of it was was something that I had to learn. Uh, each of the manufacturers has a different rating at, that where they, you know, a low temperature that they they operate they're still able to create heat at. Um, I have a Mitsubishi, and I want to say that it goes down to zero. Um, but some of the others, there was I know LG had a lower. Uh, threshold and and Bosch had a higher threshold, but yeah, the the whole idea is that if it ever got into you know multiple days of negative degree weather, I could always just go and uh, flip the switch and and turn my uh, oil heat back on. Great, great. Uh, are there are there questions? Let me prod, uh, prod the audience. Uh, let me prod the audience if I can. Uh, there are questions, specific questions for the stories that you heard from Heidi or Yuri or Mark. Um, everybody's situation is going to be different, but I'll tell you every time we do a program like this, I've been doing many of them over the years, 
I'm always surprised by something from each speaker. So I hope everybody listened to the individual stories and learned something. Um, so please keep the questions coming. Are there others that are hanging out there at this point, Hilly? Or should we move on to the rest of the program and then check one more time? Um, so I will quickly answer Tom's question. He uh, he was interested in solar, but his roof is not at a good angle and they have trees and he's looking at the ground mount system. Uh, and he says that uh, currently the town does not allow uh, that uh, to be installed uh, because of the uh, setbacks in the size. And he's wondering if anybody else had a, a similar experience and uh, whether there's um, initiative to to change the regulations in town tom i i don't know if you're the only one but i'm i do know that there are people who have uh complained that uh their roofs aren't in a good good location and um i would love to stay in touch with you um because if there's a lot of people that have this issue i think the town um should definitely look into um you know, modifying their um, those hurdles to in, including solar um, in every for every resident who wants them. We also we we can't really comment on zoning issues. I, I think that's that's no. uh, not not our jurisdiction. Um, all right, other questions. And uh, if I hope the system is working where people are keying in their questions, you uh, if we need to go to uh, vocal, that's fine too. If people need to raise right. hands, we can do that. I, I have a question here for Heidi. Mm -hmm. Heidi, what finally brought you to the point of pulling the trigger to uh, install solar? Um, so I, the electric bill was crazy. It had gotten so obscenely large, you know, what is three times the size of what it had been. Um, uh, you know, we, again, we run tons of things, uh, the novelty of central air on electric bill, plus all of our son's equipment on electric. It just, the house was just so um, expensive to run. And it was just kind of a freak thing that some, you know, we had been talking and talking, the neighbor had sort of got us talking more seriously with her effort. And then when we ran into the gentleman at the wholesale club at BJ's, he was just like, are you interested in learning more? And so my husband just had a moment of like, yes, we should take this step. And then that opened our eyes to the signs all around town. Uh, it happened to be in the front yard of a friend's um, South Street home uh, that said, Solarize Medfield. Are you thinking about solar? Come to this forum. And so that all, I mean, those signs were probably around and we hadn't noticed them. And suddenly our heads were thinking solar panels and we saw the signs. Heidi, this um, is this is beautiful. So I don't know if you intended this, Hilly, but that's a beautiful segue for uh, two, two uh, quick mentions that we're going to have. One about signs today and one about another Solarize program. So, uh, Emily, if you're available, would you like to chime in about the next generation of Medfield Solarize? Sure. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for all the panelists. It's so helpful. I've recently gone through the process too. Of I, I, my solar panels are up and they're not operating yet, but it's so much information to go through and help having neighbors help with information. It's great. Um, but I, I've been researching the past few months about if we could run another Solarize program for Medfield, just like the one that Heidi mentioned from 2016. Um, I wanna expand it so that it can also include heat pumps 
but the basically, I think Heidi described it well that it's we want to select a single installer that is vetted by the town so that we know it's a great company and they're going to do a great job. And also, if there's a volume of projects, it's worth it for them to discount the pricing for Medfield residents so that hopefully a lot of residents will want to participate. Um, I don't know the exact timeline of that yet, but stay tuned because I'm working on it and we're going to get it going as soon as we can. I think that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Emily. Thank should you. people should are you are you accumulating people's uh, names and emails in the meantime? Anyone can always contact me because I'll definitely keep track of you. If anyone's interested, let me know and I'll put, start putting you on a list to let you know as soon as I have news. Terrific. Thank you so much. And speaking about lawn signs, oh. who's talking about that? Uh, Helen. Helen's going to talk about lawn signs. And also, if anybody does want to reach out to Emily, they can email meamedfield at gmail.com and I'll be sure to get that over to Emily. So, um, so we just launched this yard sign project. So um, we did have a slide. Um, do we have the slide that that shows the pictures? So we have. Right. Thank you. It's coming. Okay. Um, so we have three different yard signs: one for EVs, one for um, heat pumps, and one for solar. And it's basically we just kind of want to highlight those people who have already done this, just like our decarbonizers that we've heard from tonight. Um, so we're asking people that if you have done any of these measures, we'd love to highlight you. We would love to let all your neighbors know that you've done it so that you can be uh, you know, a, a spokesperson and it'll be a conversation starter um, if you have this on your lawn. So we're trying to keep them up for um, you know, just about two or three weeks probably. Um, so if anybody is interested, you can certainly um, email Kirsten or Peg at meamedfield at gmail.com and we will be sure to get you a yard sign. So that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Can I just ask show of hands, uh, has anybody who doesn't have one of these in their yard has anybody noticed them? If you don't have one in your yard, have you noticed them in anybody else's yard? If you could just uh, click on the raise hand, I'd love to see any hands there. Somebody's listening to what I said. <laughs> just also check to see if you're listening. If you have already seen a lawn sign uh, of people who have uh, done one of these measures, if you've noticed it anywhere in Medfield, please raise your hand. More hands are going up, that's good. And attendees, are you still here? If you're attending and you have seen one of these lawn signs on people's lawns anywhere around town, uh, raise your hand. Okay, some hands are going up, that's great. Thank you so much. Put your hands up again, one more time. And, okay, now you can take them down and I'll ask one more dumb question, which is if you already have done one of these actions, uh, Please raise your hand and uh, Helen and Hilly, if you can notice as fast as possible, because maybe everybody who deserves a lawn sign doesn't yet have one. <laughs> so if you've already if you've already got an electric vehicle or if you've already got a heat pump or if you've already done photovoltaics, please do the raise hand thing. Push the button. <laughs> All right. That's terrific.
keep going. If, if you've done one of those three, if you could just push the button, we'll make sure you're on the list. We'll get in touch with you uh, about lawn signs. And if you haven't yet done any of these, thank you so much for attending tonight. And I'm just I'm just going to take it as a given that everybody's here. Everybody here is interested in pursuing those. OK, we have a couple other things to mention. What am I forgetting, folks? Uh, sustainable Medfield. Please, who's speaking about that? Uh, hi, Fred, it's Catherine. Great, um, Catherine. Hi, hi everyone. I, I, I know a number of you, and it's great to see you, Yuri. Yuri was one of our, our great uh, uh, drivers for the uh, electric vehicle show that we put on and the end of June. And uh, we had a nice variety, I thought, which is, is useful, different models for different needs. So uh, I am one of the co-chairs at Sustainable Medfield, and we are a growing number of households and 26 local groups, everybody from the Medfield Foundation to the Historical Society, Scouts, Memo, the Transfer Station, and of course our wonderful hosts this evening, MEA and the Medfield Energy Committee. And so we have an independently sourced information and direct links on our website to helpful websites, such as a car buying guide, uh, the latest energy rebates, all kinds of information. And we update it regularly. We're constantly going through. Um, and my ask for you is to use this tool in order to measure the progress Medfield makes towards addressing climate change. The town needs each household to record the environmental actions they have taken. We are also interested in those you plan to take. So if you're like me, I don't own an electric vehicle, although I love cars, but I'm not ready to buy one. But on my to-do list is to buy an electric car next time. And so that is useful for us too, as we look forward and do our projections over the next five to 10 years. So please go to sustainablemedfield.org and click take action and click on what you've done and what you might be thinking about doing. I, I'd be surprised if you hadn't already taken a number of the actions there. So thank you so much. Okay, I'm gonna be a pest and ask the audience one more uh, question, following up on what Catherine was saying. How many people have already registered themselves, their household on sustainable Medfield? If you could push the raise hand thing, if you've already registered yourself on sustainable Medfield, as Catherine was saying, we need everybody, whether you've done anything yet or, or you've done everything, <laughs> both extremes and everything in between. So if you've already registered yourself on Sustainable Medfield, please do the raise hands. And Helen and Hilly, I know, uh, are interested to track. And those that aren't raising their hands yet, uh, uh, as Catherine said, um, please, please, please go on Sustainable Medfield, see what a great resource it is and, uh, and just how val valuable it is for yourself, but also for the whole town if you register uh, your household. So that would be terrific. All right, I'm going to check back uh, one more time to Hilly, see how we're doing with the uh, questions and if anything else is hanging out there. Um, I don't think there's any new questions um, that are really, uh, no, I think that we're good. And uh, if somebody wants to ask another question, I'd be happy to um, put that out. But right now, I think they're all answered. All right, Kelly, if I can just interrupt here, I just wanted to say we had our heating system 
um, assessed it's about 20 years old and we were wondering, you know, is it still going strong? Um, and we had our guy come out and he said that they're basically only installing heat pumps now. No, nobody wants, a, 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 we have a natural gas here, which is in the, the less bad uh, category compared to, to other fuels, but still um, they're not even bothering with the other ones anymore. I was encouraged. That is very encouraging. And I wanted to get back to Harshal. Um, uh, they have the, their hot water, forced hot water is actually gas-based. And what I heard from contractors is that even if you have a really old system and you don't want to um, take it entirely down, just running the heat pumps for most of the time will extend the life of your old gas system if you need it for emergencies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make two comments in the way of closing remarks, and then if there aren't other questions, we'll shut the meeting down in a couple minutes. Uh, those have to do with EVs and Shave the Peak. Um, these are two things in the news in the last couple of days, couple of days. So there was a major, uh, there's been numerous articles, but a major article in the Globe about the difficulties of finding an electric vehicle in the market right now. Um, and and it was by Sabrina Shankman, who, who I love everything she writes, and it was all good and all right, except um, it left a question hanging, uh, talking about hanging questions, which was, well, gee, aren't other vehicles having difficulty also? In other words, supply chain issues, uh, circuits and uh, 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 chips, chip availability. Aren't that, isn't that causing difficulties for all vehicles? And so sure enough, uh, the next day or the two days afterwards, uh, I heard a talk at uh, Green Energy Consumers Alliance, great organization, people should check it out. Uh, Mal Scourin is uh, their principal transportation person, and she explicitly said exactly what I was wondering. She said, yes, it's a difficulty for all vehicles, not just electric vehicles. So there are plenty of horror stories out there about how difficult long waits you have to find the electric vehicle you want, or the color you want, or any electric vehicle, but those issues are not, um, not uh, uh, applying to electric vehicles alone. So I want to get that out there to address those questions. Last and not least at all, again, Green Energy Consumers Alliance has a program about this, is Shave the Peak. Uh, that's what they call their program, but Eversource itself, and Penny is right here to correct me if I have, have it wrong, but Eversource has a program called Connected Solutions, and uh, we're all in Eversource territory. And if we have a... Um, a smart enough uh, thermostat, and I think that's about it, we might be able to participate. And uh, if Eversource can uh, adjust our thermostats or tweak our thermostats a little bit when the peak is approaching, uh, they say thank you very much with uh, a small check for us. It's uh, The check is not a big deal, but uh, if a lot of people participate in uh, connected solutions, it, it it will it adds up to making a significant difference. Did I get that approximately correct, Penny? You handled it perfectly. I would note that we have 150 megawatts of behind the meter demand assets, just as you described. So we have 150 megawatts of consumers out there who are uh, allowing us to uh, send a signal to their thermostat and it adjusts a degree or two during the peak. Uh, we also have consumers who have battery storage and we uh, ask them to turn that on. So a lot of great connected solutions and happy to have you join our program. 
Thank you, Penny. Any other questions at this point? If not, I'm going to call the meeting to an end. I thank everybody for their attendance and for the decarbonizing that is happening and will be happening. Thank you, everyone.